When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Malayan Verveer. And this is Kim Azzarelli. We are co-authors of the book, Fast Forward, How Women Can Achieve Power and Purpose. And you're listening to Seneca Women, conversations on power and purpose. Brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Welcome to this special edition. During these difficult times, we're talking to experts who can help us gain perspective on the impact of coronavirus, as well as share tips and resources and some much needed inspiration. Today, I'm joined by Ruth Glenn. Ruth is the president and CEO of the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Ruth, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. So uh, obviously, this is a very difficult time um, on so many levels. uh, And we're starting to see some of the fault lines in our society being exposed. Um, And you obviously have a very important role to play in this moment. For our listeners, um, how common is domestic violence in the U.S.? Uh, and, and how common was it prior to coronavirus? It's very common. And in fact, in uh, our field of work and um, in our relationships with our allies and those that want to end domestic violence and address domestic violence, we consider it a public health crisis, um, a hidden, for the most part, public health crisis, but a public health crisis. There's an estimate of one in three women, um, and we speak mostly about women, of course, but one in three women are experiencing or have experienced domestic violence. If you're um, out to dinner with your friends, you know, one of you, of the three of you, um, has experienced domestic violence or is experiencing domestic violence. So this is all uh, prior to coronavirus. Yes. What are you seeing now in the midst of, you know, one of the greatest health crises our, our country certainly and the world has faced um, in recent years? Yeah. Well, we um, were active, as were some of our allies, 
and partners in um, ensuring that we provide a support and uh, resources to survivors and advocates as we dealt with this. What we're seeing, and I, I'm certain that we're going to see more, is more incidents of domestic violence being reported. That's going to be kind of a long-term thing. We'll see a lot more towards the end of this. The other concern that we have is the intensity by which my, domestic violence is happening in the home. And um, we've been hearing of incidences where um, an abusive person has been using COVID to threaten their victims. We had one incident that was actually pretty frightening where um, he was he was very convinced that she was trying to harm him with COVID and um, began to um, verbally and, and physically assault her um, as a result of that. From our perspective, that it had really nothing to do with COVID. COVID has become another tool by which abusers can abuse. But those in sort of... Uh in domestic violence situations, it, it seems as though what we're hearing is that that is really going up. And and why is that going up? What I like to say really concretely is that now an abuser has proximity to the victim, um, whereas the victim might have had some ability to have respite or relief from being exposed to the abuser. Now the abuser has a lot more access. And using COVID as a tactic to uh, continue their abuse is, would not be that uncommon. Abusers make a choice to abuse. And when they discover that they have yet another means at their disposal to abuse, they are certainly going to use that. I think COVID is not necessarily a trigger. Um, I do um, like to say that when an abuser is seeking tools and, and tactics to abuse. They make choices about that, but it can certainly be risk factors such as substance use, mental health, COVID-19. Um, all of those things can certainly be a risk factor, but for the most part, abusers will, will use those as a tactic to exercise their power and control. And at the same time, we know that Many women have less choices now in terms of um, yes. not being in proximity in this lockdown moment when we're sort of stuck at home. Um, yes. What 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 can women do in that moment? So I'd like to remind everyone um, that abuse is, is certainly not only physical. So I can't even imagine the uh, verbal and emotional assault that may be occurring in a home in which an abuser um, is present and abusing their partner. And what I would say to survivors, um, you've gotten this far by your creative thinking, your planning, whatever it might have been that kept you safe. Don't forget what you've done to this point to make that happen. And just keep employing that. Keep thinking about that. And then secondly, if and when um, the survivor um, victim is ready to make any kind of change, whether it's reaching out to get support services or whether it's reaching out to go to to a domestic violence shelter, please don't hesitate to do that. Um, our programs on the ground and direct service agencies 
are doing all that they can to make sure that their services have not been disrupted. Um, it's been challenging, but they are there for you if the survivor victim needs to call out. As you said, it's one in three uh, women will be victims of domestic violence in their lifetime. What can someone do to help a neighbor, a friend who uh, you feel might be at risk? And what what signs or signals um, should should we be looking for, if any? Sure, I think that's a great question. I think um, if you have someone in your family or a friend and your alarm goes off, you know, I, I always say, particularly as women, we sometimes have the best intuition and then we sometimes do the best that we can to ignore it. And if your alarm bell is going, going off because that person isn't as available as they used to be, they're not picking up the phone, uh, they're showing up very distraught quite frequently, um, they seem evasive, their personality has changed. That's probably the most common is that, you know, this person used to be this and now they're that. It's okay to say to someone, I think something is happening to you. I want you to know that if you need anything, I will be here for you. We have a tendency as a society to say, oh my God, what's happening to you? We want you to leave. You've got to get out. Um, Probably the worst advice we could give someone if we think that they're experiencing that. Um, we should allow them to make that choice simply because they're the best at assessing safety. But we should be available to provide them a phone number or location or refuge or whatever it might be so that when they are ready to go, we're the person that they know they can go to. And is there a is there a resource that you can direct people to who are listening um, and that we can direct people to at Seneca Women that you feel... Um is, is, is important in this moment? We have a list on our website for family and friends who may feel as though um, they know someone who might be um, experiencing domestic violence. If you're referring to victims and survivors, I would certainly encourage them to call the National Domestic Violence Hotline, and that's at 1-800-799-7233. Uh, 1-800-799-SAFE. And then, of course, our website is uh, .ncadv.org. We'll be back after this break. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We've heard actually from the UN this week that violence against women is sort of approaching epidemic levels um, uh, yeah. during the coronavirus. Is there is there something that listeners can do to support the work you're doing and other organizations are doing? So cash donations, of course, are always accepted. By our organization, for instance, that also does not get any grants to do the work that we do. So we're always very, very happy to be supported by individual donors. And so are local community um, entities. So during this time in particular, we would definitely encourage cash donations. I would also not hesitate to call those entities that you know about and say, is there something that you would like for me to do? Can I volunteer at home? Can I take some of the the burden off? Um, I know we're searching for volunteers and and, uh, all the time. So both financial donations and also donations of time. I mean, people do, yes. some people at least have more time on their hands and um, and would like to have an impact. And obviously we're all focused on uh, what, what the medical workers are doing and, and are so appreciative of all the frontline workers. Yeah. Um, but there are ways that we who are not frontline workers can contribute. And I think this is a really important way. So obviously a very difficult time, a very difficult subject and a re- difficult reality. Is there something that makes you optimistic in this moment? Yes. Um, you know, um, as a survivor myself, Kim, um, I came to this work being optimistic that not only could I, but we could, we as a nation could make a change. When the World Health Organization says that the USA is, uh, the United States of America is the worst at protecting women, you know, we have a problem in this nation. So I appreciate you saying that. Um, but when I came to this work, I just thought, we can make change. What makes me optimistic is having conversations with persons such as yourself about domestic violence and how we can do things differently and um, not just during COVID. So I do have to say, I feel a little bit encouraged that we're having more and more conversations even outside of COVID. And people ask me the question that that you've been asking, what can we do to make sure that survivors are assisted and then what can we do to change the paradigm here in in the United States in regards to domestic violence. 
Well, Ruth, thank you so much for everything uh, you do and continue to do, uh, particularly during this moment. And please call on Seneca Women for anything that you need as you move forward. Thank you so much, Kim. And of course, um, thank you to Seneca Women. And we will certainly give you a call. You're listening to Seneca Women, conversations on power and purpose. Brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. Listen to Seneca Women Conversations on Power and Purpose on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please support this podcast by telling your friends, subscribing, and rating us. For more information on Seneca Women, follow us on social media, visit our website, SenecaWomen.com, and check out the Seneca Women app, free in the App Store. Have a great day.